Mary Lee was, you know, I've talked about things happening at Hamilton Air Force Base in 1952 when uh, Rich, my father-in-law, first met Prince Naga of the Raptor Empire. And Mary Lee was doing some research and she found a quote. She, what did you say you were looking up? Just I, UFO activity or something? U, UFO activity activity in august 1952 at hamilton air force base okay so she came across this quote that i've never seen before and this just validates again in addition to what richard dolan had in his book about the sighting when ufos came into hamilton air force base um and you know mark's dad was part of all that and it just really quickly says august 3rd 1952 uh, 4.15 to 5.30 p.m., two Air Force pilots, Captain L.R. Hadley and Lieutenant D.A. Swimley and Air Force Captain W.T. Persk saw visually and with binoculars two circular or spherical silvery objects 60 to 100 feet diameter at 12,000 and 18,000 feet drifting east to west on a 15-mile track passing overhead, darting and dogfighting at estimated 400 to 450 miles per hour. The upper object dropping from 18,000 to 12,000 feet at the end, joined by eight more similar objects appearing in pairs in the west, about 15 to 20 miles distant. No sound. An hour and 15 minutes, three witnesses. So thank you, Marilee. That's well. one more validation of everything I've been talking about. So tonight, Marilee is going to do part three of her Earth Game Mastery. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to let her start and kind of go over what she's going to be talking about. So thank you very much. Thank you. You're Sydney. welcome. Okay, so I think this is the most exciting. Hopefully you'll find it exciting and useful. What uh, we're going to do, I wanted to remind you that I am synthesizing and compiling um, Lisa Royale's research. So she gets full credit for the exploration of this material, lisaroyale.net. I wanted to say that first. And thanks again for joining us. So. Uh, let's see, in part two, we briefly explored the influence of six forefather and foremother species on us, the human race. Why? Because history and repetitive patterns, unrecognized or denied, often repeat themselves. Tonight, by bringing to our consciousness these galactic family wounds and archetypal patterns, we can then compassionately understand the ancestral foundation from which these arose. So now that means we all have a conscious choice. We always have, but we can choose to support each other and take responsibility without blame, which is often a challenge for our hit without blame for our healing and the integration of our emotional and mental triggers. And we do this not for us alone, but for all and the galactic family at large. And why is this important? Because ultimately, there is no other. We are they, and they are us, playing in the illusion of time. And I am a mirror of you, and you are a reflection of me. So what we do for ourselves, we do for all others. By considering that each of us volunteered for this Earth Grand Experiment game, we can then empower ourselves to actualize as the creator beings that we truly are by choosing no more victim dynamics. This can be done by opening and allowing the compassionate and non-judgmental integration of our emotions and our thoughts. And so to assist with that, I will direct you to seven of my favorite simple yet profound tools that I have discovered. I am not interested in, um, you know, inventing a new book. I think there is profound information and tools that have been used for a long time. I do not recommend anything that I have generally not met the person myself or have used the tools successfully. The great news is that we are on a positive timeline now and we will succeed. 
I know that sounds a lot, but I am positive. So please enter the future with confidence and let's not allow ourselves to be deterred, deterred from this long awaited galactic graduation. This is the seventh attempt of the human race to graduate from the third through the fourth to the fifth. And we will do this both for the sake of mother earth and for the human species. So um, I would like to start by a quote from Lisa Royal, Royal uh, about the importance of why we are interested in clearing out these emotional patterns for integration. Quote, as the species awakens, one of its first steps is to clear out the old stuck energy that no longer serves it. And this is the time for awakening. As of 2012, we entered the last of a 75,000 year grand cycle. So this is the time that we jump into greater consciousness and frequency that is allowed for us as previously discussed by entering the photon belt and that our DNA will be downloaded and come more online with greater abilities and we all at our own pace you don't have to worry about this will um, have that activated with your intention being that you would like that so initially i'm continuing with a quote initially this old stuck energy usually takes the form of emotion because emotion is simply energy expressed through human form and shaped by belief patterns past pain and deep fear when emotion is denied that energy buries deeper and then later erupts on the densest level the physical one on a human level that means disease imbalance and physical discomfort on the planetary level that can mean earth changes such as earthquakes storms strange weather patterns confusing migration patterns of animals and much more you are seeing all of this happen on earth now. It is a sign of deeper process that has been initiated. On one hand, it can be a cleansing that makes way for positive growth in the if the deeper lessons are learned and behavior changes. On the other hand, if seen negatively, it can be a way to temporarily release pressure and then return to the old way of being as if there were no connection, thus creating more internal pressure and disease." End quote. That is why we will be covering the three major wounds of each of the six species. And as I quickly cover those uh, and discuss them very briefly, because we have a lot of material to cover today, please ask yourself, do I do that? Do I relate to that? Lisa Roya has something like close to a hundred wounds she's charted and has mm -hmm. just in the Palladian uh, lessons alone that the Palladians learned as a young species to mature species. She has 15 wounds. And so her website's excellent for more in-depth work uh, if you are interested. I only have time to cover three of what I thought were really interesting ones for each species. So this is just done as a review for because for me, it was like I was checking it off, you know, like, oh, I do that. Yep, I do that. Yes, I feel that. Yep, I do that. Yes, I do that. And there was another uh, brief quote before I do this. So so that you understand the significance of this by a woman named Taryn Creamy. And in her on her website, she says it's a. a evidently a channeling from angelics. Some may wonder how the parent's beliefs could be transferred to the child. Quite simply, it is like an automatic encryption that gets downloaded into the very DNA of the child, much like the genetic makeup that a child inherits from their parents. Scientists have yet to discover that the genetic makeup that one inherits, inherits from their ancestral lines also includes the collective belief patterns held within that genetic lineage. This is why we have said many times that many of you are not only clearing limiting beliefs that are being held within your being, but you are also serving to assist your genetic line with the encoded information on how to release that limiting belief.
So, wow. Uh, and it goes on. She has more detail on that. As each subconscious belief is brought to your conscious attention, which is the purpose for these this series, to bring it to your conscious attention if it hasn't been already, for further assessment, you can then decide if it is, in fact, a belief that you still wish to keep or if you are willing to release it and replace the belief with a new one. And to not worry about this, there is a divine flow that happens with all of this. But as I said at the end of this uh, last part three, I will be providing some of the most uh, interesting, useful tools that I have discovered and used successfully. Great. Okay. Now, also, uh, this is a brief overview before I get into it. There are seven general genetic traits and tendencies from, from galactic forefathers. And this is really broadly generalized. And the polarization game involves two sexes, humanoid sexes, male and female. And these references are stereotypes, so please forgive the masculine and feminine uh, traits when I explain them. So this, these are traits that were genetically installed from our forefathers and foremothers in the early days as a primitive species of human. For the male, what was genetically installed was for them not to feel fear, to desensitize from their heart and feelings. Okay, so, uh, and the second was to subordinate to dominant males. The pecking order thing, enslavement, hierarchy, uh, that kind of thing. So that literally is not just behavioral, because we fashion, uh, we are fashioned after the behavior of our parents. And I just explained how that is passed down, both subconsciously. So genetically installed for females is the monogamy gene, <laughs> so that we didn't like throw the baby out the window and go look for some fun. <laughs> Okay. Um, the second, and I've told my clients, some male clients this for years, and they really appreciated it, uh, is the oxytocin hormone. This is called the, the bonding or cuddling hormone. And what I explain to men, because they'll say, wow, the woman, you know, this gal I'm dating keeps calling and bugging me. And gosh, she's like so obsessive. What's the deal? I said, did you hug her? <laughs> did you put your arm around her? Did you kiss? And God forbid you had sex. And they go, uh, yes, 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 no, yes. <laughs> and I said, well, guess what? The oxytocin hormone, and this is genetically installed in females, lasts for two weeks. So basically, after having bonding with a male of any kind, even a lot of, you know, cuddling and stroking, we are stupid for two weeks, <laughs> okay? For men, it lasts two hours, ah. which explains a lot. And excuse my crassness here, but I guess it's why we have to keep screwing them for them to remember who we are. <laughs> So it's important for men to know that so that they can be more respectful. And the, the third genetically installed for females is, was programming to be weak and subordinate to males. And of course, look beautiful. So the Syrians <laughs> encoded secretly with Palladians against the Lyrians our human DNA to awaken at the 75,000 year grand galactic cycle, which is now. Okay, so it is really an exciting time. I just wanted to put that out that that was the Syrians doing along with the Palladians. The Palladians borrowed our DNA to help adapt for themselves to live on Earth. So they're literally our first cousins mm -hmm. and most look very much like us. And they mm -hmm. may be the first to come forward in disclosure mm -hmm. because they won't freak the locals out. I <laughs> like the raptors. Good point. Okay. The Lyrians. The raptors will bring chocolate. Yes. So uh, one, one last thing that Lisa commented about, and I found this fascinating, was Lyrians, uh, a lot of humanoids have larger eyes. The Lyrians actually genetically programmed our human eyes to be small. Hmm. Why? 
because if you look at the symbol of Egyptian history, you've got the Horus eye, you've got the eye of God, you even have the Egyptian culture duplicating the gods, the god, by the big coal making their eyes look big with lots of right. dark makeup. Why? Because they were duplicating the gods. Hmm. Now, her point was that the Lyrians, who will be the first I'll be discussing again and quickly going over their wound, they literally did not want us as their equals. They were interested in enslaving humanity. Sound familiar with some interesting groups on the planet? Okay. So they wanted us every time we looked, well, now in the mirror, I don't think they had mirrors in the whole time, but now, or looked at each other that we would feel less than a sense of like a flaw or not good enough. And this level of insecurity is, is rampant in the human race. And so I'm just wanted to give these as a couple of really what I found interesting examples mm -hmm. of genetic agendas, starting off with the Lyrans. Okay, so we're gonna go through these six races. And I'm going to discuss really briefly the three wounds, the three major wounds. And remember that they may have 15 wounds, but these are the ones that I believe that we will all relate to the most. So the Lyrans were the first ones. They were cosmic explorers. They were the custodial gods. Uh, and Thor is up there in the middle because the Vikings and um, certain groups of the elite believe that they uh, ascended from Thor. They're basically explorers and marauders, and they're big on uh, ownership. And I am ashamed to admit that the first word when I was a baby that um, my mother said was mine, <laughs> <laughs> which means I, that I definitely have some Lyran ancestry. And, and one of the things, of course, too, you can see how much of our planet as you know everything my house my this my right. car the moon all this so the ownership they were denial of weakness and fear they were in denial of weakness and fear these are wounds because when you're in denial it ends up being a wound and creates problems they did not want as i said humans to be equal they actually wanted to utilize us as slaves at the time so they had a fear of total equality all right, now we go to the Palladians, the uh, constellation right there. And the Palladians basically are social engineers and they are the positive polarity. So remember we have uh, no judgment, no right or wrong, but in a polarity game, we have service to self, service to others, and we're trying to balance in between. So. Uh, we think of service to others as positive. We think of service to self as negative. It's not in the eyes of the universe, okay, which is inherently neutral and seeks to balance itself out. So the Palladians were extremely positive to the point where they were in complete denial and intolerant. They were in denial of their own shadow hmm. and they were intolerant of anyone else in the shadow. And I am also when I say ashamed to admit, I'm not that ashamed, but it took me a long time and I was so excited to find this information because I had this weird habit when I was younger, all the way up to 19 years old, where every boyfriend I had looked identical. <laughs> I would not talk to someone, go figure, I would not talk to someone who swore, who smoked, who drank, who did this, in other words, a perception of like kind of, I wasn't religious or programmed that way, but it was like this inherent thing that anything that I perceived as negative or dark or this or that, I didn't want anything to do with. And when I started finding out what the Palladians look like, the boyfriends all looked like that. Oh, wow. And it was only later when I was giving readings, they said, you have a strong Palladian ancestry among other things. And it, it just once I discovered that, then I changed my dynamic, but it just shows you how we can be so programmed. So I'm very sensitive to the Palladians' uh, intolerance of people's free will choices of mm. what they want to explore. So, and they also were in denial of their own grief and guilt. 
One of their things is even though their intention was good, they over interfered with the early humans. And yeah. this caused Orion uh -huh. retaliation, which caused total destruction of one of their planets. Wow. Which just like practically killed them. They just couldn't believe it. And they carried the shame and the guilt. Why? Because they, the third wound, you don't think of this as a wound, but they're overly enthusiastic. They're so enthusiastic that they'll tend to just go, let's go help. Let's go do it before they think mm -hmm. the consequences through. Uh -huh. So I'm sure you can feel, I hope some of these tendencies <laughs> that we have or parents have or children have and they go way way back carried down through that lineage Pleiadian lineage then we go into the vegans now the vegans and the Syrians both had very very early bases on the moon and Mars by the way and the vegans were the were the only ones that I knew about offshoot of the Lyran they got tired of the Lyran patriarchal quote masculine unquote outward forceful might makes right approach and they did the opposite they went inward self you know somewhat self-reflective introversion hmm. um, and as a consequence one of their wounds was loneliness and their biggest wound was homesickness Wow. now I talked to a lot of people who remember themselves perhaps as a star child and they just said I want to do get my job got job done and leave and go back home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they had, the vegans had extreme homesickness. And that is understandable, but that's not why we're here. Every single one of us volunteered, and we are here to integrate Earth and our bodies connecting heaven and Earth because we are actually walking antennas and designed to do that. So now remember this was in the early stages the wounds they had and since then they have worked through a lot because all time is actually simultaneous and that's all very complicated subject so um they basically were the ones as i mentioned before that started the mystical practices they were oh, extremely right. disciplined yoga they had mystical priests they were very internal uh and Kind of like Spock, they also would tend to, I guess as some of the ascetic teachings in religion, mm -hmm. they would tend to deny themselves and be very intellectual and, you know, not self-nurturing, <laughs> you know. So that was their tendency, more towards what you call the feminine side in some ways, a balance. And um, so it was loneliness and homesickness, and the third one was secrecy. They started the secret societies. Oh. Uh, they had to to keep it away from Lyra. That's what they fa fa that's what they thought. However, what happens with secrets? You automatically create polarization, mm -hmm. fragmentation, right. and separation. Right. So that was their wound. Okay. And you can see all these things are going on on the planet right now. We've got tons of Orions. Earth was the second place Orions came to. And when we get there, you're going to really understand why, why we've had the challenges on this planet, because we have all of this here. This is a huge melting pot. All right, so then we go to the Syrians, and the Syrians came from Vega, and they're the genetic engineers. Okay, and this is a picture of Sirius A and B. And remember, the Pleiadians are more the social engineers interested in psychology and people, and the Syrians are very genetic engineers. Uh, they tend to take over responsibility for everything. Now, these are wounds because remember what we're looking for is balance. So my question for you would be how many of you can allow the phone to ring without picking it up and thinking the world is going to fall apart? Okay. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yes. So if that's the case, you carry this, uh, this tendency. This is an example of Syrian beings. Some have blue skin, uh, you know, general representation of that. So that would be one of the wounds of the Syrians, saving humanity. Okay, so I discussed this briefly before. We think saving humanity is a great idea. Saving humanity is a young species approach because it implies that a victim situation. And saving humanity is 
what they had to learn was the delicate balance between over interfering mm -hmm. and assisting, which I'm sure as parents, as <laughs> friends, we are working with that delicate balance as well. And remember, we are healing all of this for the galaxy in this lifetime, everyone that's here, okay, that chooses to do this. So, um, they also were very crusaders. You know, mm. we're going to go do this. We, you know, da, 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 da. and they needed to be validated. That was another wound. So they tended to volunteer for hero and martyr and self-suffering and for the good of all. Wow. Which religion also perpetuates often. So this is a Syrian ideology. Us versus them. In other words, there's an enemy out there. Now, this is a really, 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 really tough one for Earth to get. Because we create our reality by our thoughts. And it's, it's too complicated. It's not the purpose of this part three. So with that thought, when we believe, it's not a question of denying. But when we have an investment in victim perpetrator or in enemy and hero, we perpetuate this. And according to very evolved elders, they said this perpetuation of this dynamic is the thing that has slowed the human evol evolution the most. Wow. Okay which is very fascinating to just contemplate on. At first I was very resistant and I go, well, we do have enemies, we do have enemies. But I, I started working with it and it's a very interesting idea. So um, the hippie movement, and so the power elite uh, also uses some of this. And the hippie movement was very interesting. Um, my age, you know, hip, hippie movement, flower children, because they almost created the jump we needed. And the power elite do not the power quote elite, uh, many Orions and different lineages, but they don't know what to do. They cannot, their, their biggest fear is you putting flowers down their gun barrels. Okay. <laughs> they're like going, we can't deal with that. We don't, we don't know what to do. We can't, they're happy about f battling you and fighting you. They love that. <laughs> but, but so this is what it takes. It will take, Literally, the new consciousness will be something like, oh, they'll create some drama thing of why we have to go to massive war that usually always has six different agendas to it. And we go, well, we can see that you think that's a great idea, but we're not convinced of it. So you go ahead and we vote no. And you get millions of people doing that and the paradigm shifts. That's what they don't want to happen. And that's what happens when the consciousness, because we say we think there's a better idea. It's as simple and profound as that. But because humanity has been so conditioned, which we'll get into because the human wound is worshiping and giving your power away to authority figures. Okay. So um, keep that in mind. So we're, we're, we're doing this again. So now we're into Orion. So this is the empire. So remember I said, think of Orion like the empire. You had the Darth Vader extreme negative polarity that always loved conflicts always had was addicted one of their wounds is addicted to conflict mm. and polarization so how many times have we not had wars on this planet mm -hmm. we've had occasional golden ages but basically there are groups and lineages so invested in conflicts all the time that it's going to take us to go no done we don't believe it we're not doing it and a subject, okay? And so negative polarize, they chose the hardest path. Uh -huh. The hardest, a lot reincarnated on earth now, okay? They reject emotions as unsafe, hmm. okay? So even if we're talking about these extremes, we can look inside ourselves and go, where are we rejecting an emotion? Where are we not expressing honestly? Where are we not doing vulnerability? They also over-intellectualized. Uh, they had a fear of transition, uh, usually around death, and an, an extreme fear of spirituality. Okay, um, so those people that are um, total skeptics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. run those lineages. 
Uh, they have a lack of self-nurturing to themselves and others. Uh, like think of the military masculine programming, mm -hmm. right? They're very OCD because <laughs> their fear of being out of control or being controlled. So therefore, they need to control, right? Right. So besides their habitual need for polarization and conflict, and then you had the black leaguers, which were the freedom fighters. And what caused the, again, just to remind you what caused the um, balance in Orion was the black league uh, mystics and priests, the freedom fighters got so desperate. And it appears that we have a repetitive pattern that we don't shift until desperation happens. Oh dear. Yes. So I want us all to be conscious of this, that we don't always have to wait till that. As I mentioned in the previous part two, uh, there's a joke about the human race that we're like an action movie where we wait till the absolute last possible minute and then we'll pull it through. Uh -huh. Right. So the desperation, we don't need to get to absolute desperation, but in that desperation, the Orion who never asked people, anybody for help, right? self-sufficient I don't need anyone so the black leaguer mystics were the ones that asked and prayed and did these rituals and they were answered by the founders and uh, which was the original group you can hear about in part one or two and they were offered the alternative story which I already explained of the Orion Christ what which ended up balancing all the polarities on their planet so they probably took the hardest path Okay, and they arrived on Earth at their second major visit, separation from Lyra. So we got a lot of them here. <laughs> okay, so um, then we have the Zetas. All right, so the Zetas, they're, they're referred to as Zeta Reticuli. They are not the same as the Greys. And they were extreme polarized to separation. One of their wounds was they had a very limited belief pattern. They were really good geneticists and high technological preferences. They also rejected emotions as unsafe. And they so they actually had a mental inflexibility and a lack of nurturing capacity for themselves or others. Oh. And they were literally in denial of being a dying species until desperation hit them. And in their desperation, they asked the founders, they asked out, and they were given the knowledge that there is a race called the human race that is their exact polar opposite. We are considered the high emotional species. They were considered the high intellectual species and by them quote doing abductions which has since changed to more contacts because of our consciousness changing and their consciousness changing they were terrified of us we were terrified of them because we were looking at the opposite polarized mirror <laughs> and the founders said through that you will find balance so that was what that was about. So uh, rejecting emotions is unsafe, all of that. Now, I did mention that they took a portion of the Zetas, which I already explained the story of them being at a point that we are in an Earth where they decimated their apex planet. They had to go underground. They made the decision that emotions was the cause of all their problems. They genetically took emotions out of their body. Wow. Um, they became gained dying race. They became infertile from the radiation and the poisons. Their heads grew bigger. They got whiter skin because they lived in caves. Their eyes got bigger. And so... Uh, they basically found that technology, intellectualism, and removing emotions is not a great idea. Because why emotions are directly connected to the vitality of our bodies. Mm -hmm. So they actually, in the abductions, and supposedly we all had soul agreements before coming in to work with them and agree to this, even though it's terrifying to the body and consciousness, they needed neurochemicals and things and later just used the humans to hold their children because they knew nothing about nurturing. 
Oh. Okay. And so the human children were brought on board. The human were brought on board to hold their own children in some cases or other children. And they had to relearn that over and over and over again. So that's the brief, amazing story of that. And why were they allowed by the founders to come to us? Because this is where we were now. This is where we are now. Decimating, nuclear wars, polluting, whatever. So they, as a dying species, were a probable future reality. They now we don't we're not taking that we're on a positive timeline a section of them not uh, became essasani which was half look at these amazing things which is half human half zeta they are now in fifth density which is where we are headed and a part of us already is we're for the fourth density if you can just think of it is an interim stage because third density rules and fifth density rules are very different third density you've basically got the amnesia veil you don't remember who you are the free will non-interference clause and polarity options for experience and whatever goes fifth and and slow manifestation between what you think and what manifests fifth density what you think manifests your abilities become online you still have duality you're you're starting to remember who you are you're having discussions with others like this all of those kind of things so uh, we jump in consciousness from one to the other that's what we're doing right now these create symptoms like dizziness vertigo all kinds of things that people have been experiencing and we're practicing holding our center as a species more of us are in a fifth density reality mm -hmm. rather than third density which we're moving from so um the ssani were so there's a successful hybrid and future option for human incarnations in the oh. future so what they had was they had a fear of living as their true self which oh. It, uh, Bashar, who is an example you can get on YouTube and plug in Bashar, has many teachings, who is a, channels a Essasani. He calls it a fear of, be, of uh, becoming your excitement, following your excitement, giving yourself permission to do that. Okay? They now teach that, but before that was their challenge. They had a resistance to open communication because it required feelings and the resisting to honoring feelings remember coming from the Zetas but they now balance that out and when you listen to Bashar online uh, it might be unusual because you are dealing with a hybrid coming through but you see the complete balance of high mental uh, intellectualism with open-hearted excitement feeling mm -hmm. so that is was created as a reflection for the humans as a possibility of where we can go and then humans I'd like to add them their biggest fear is, do you remember from part one? Abandonment. Okay. Okay. Uh, their biggest wound. Why? Because as a growing species, the gods, these Larians would be coming and going and coming and going and coming and going and be angry or happy or this or that. And many people mistook ET overlords for God. So abandonment is the big key human mm -hmm. issue and wound to work with. Feelings of less than uh, or, or being the opposite, competitive and elitist because of fear and habitual disempowerment. How many uh, of us tend to over-worship others, whether they're rock stars, priests, doctors, or authority figures? Okay, so that needs to be balanced out if we're going to have uh, a mastery of this integration game. So that's <laughs> cool that's examples of wounds and you can go to lisa royale's site if you want to study many more wounds now we're going to get into um the techniques so one is called is from the heart math institute and this is an institute that's been around for a while at a section down in stanford i believe and they have done massive studies and research um, on how to integrate the mind with the heart and this one is called a quick coherent heart technique and takes only one minute I taught it to about 70 nurses once because that's about mm. the only time they have uh -huh. in between clients um, I will come back to this I want to just briefly cover the seven that I like for those that want to write or go to my website and find it there so that because I don't want to just leave you with no tools on how to integrate these emotions so remember the first is to bring them conscious 
up to consciousness. And then the second is by using tools like this, trust your intuition. You will be naturally guided to whatever is appropriate. You don't have to do a bunch of tools. You don't have to do a bunch. Just do one sincerely, and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Healing can be very simple. It takes focus, but it, it, it's basically a simple process. So the heart math discovered that the heart is, I believe, 5,000 times stronger um, magnetically than the brain and 100 times stronger electrically than the brain. And like the enteric brain cells in our stomach, the heart receives all information, I believe, a tenth of a second before the brain. So all these societies and genetic propensities, and even what's going on now with the high-tech industry, we don't understand we're our own best technology inside us. Tech, tech is a very useful tool. It's wonderful. It is not to be an excuse to avoid our own ability inside ourselves, okay? Which again will be coming online. Things like moving objects with your mind, uh, te telepathy between one another, instantaneous healings are all abilities that will be coming online for people. Uh, so you don't always have to look outside yourself. Again, so again, it's a balance. So they've done a lot of research and there's a, a technique called the quick coherent technique. And it just, it's really simple. So I'll return to there. I just want to go through this. The other is sensation awareness practice. Uh, there are different authors that have this. This is a very, very ancient spiritual practice. And I call it sensation awareness practice. It goes by different names. And it's basically extremely powerful. It does not take that long. And uh, there are several steps. There are six steps. I'm just going to go over briefly so you get a sense you just sit with your eyes closed, you take a deep breath, and you drop your energy from your brain into your heart or stomach. That's the first thing to do. And then the rules are no labeling, no diagnosis, no trying to fix or change what you're feeling. All right? This is really important. So all you do is, so you're aware in your body, and then you notice where the feelings are located on your body, what, what you're feeling. And you will describe that to yourself is without labeling as a color, a temperature, a location, a tightness, a size. And just allowing those sensations, just noticing the sensations and feeling them without adding any stories about them. Okay. Just open and allow the acceptance of those feelings, just giving it attention, not trying to change it. This actually creates such a neutral now time that these sensations begin to dissipate. You mm -hmm. don't have to do wow. it. It is incredibly simple and incredibly powerful. So Ho'oponopono, Dr. Hewlin, he was depressed a lot of his life. He, when you meet him, he just seems like this normal guy with a baseball cap. He is very diligent and has practiced this for 40 years, and it has helped him immensely and other people. He had quite a reputation. Um, it was a simplified form, Ho'oponopono is a simplified form of family counseling. And uh, it basically refers to um, that all things are connected, and how can we and all things are partially our responsibility for creating because there is no other, they're reflections. So therefore, if I take responsibility, not full responsibility, not like this person's life is my problem, but more like how are they reflecting me and what do I need to clear in me to clear the situation? So there are four mantras in that which you can also get online which is i'm sorry please forgive me i love you and thank you thank you thank you and he has an amazing story where he was asked for the third time to uh, be the head of a hawaii state hospital in the special ward with the mentally ill and he finally accepted and he was taken to his office and i think the 30 files of the people were thrown down and they were completely violent in chains they couldn't keep employees oh, right all of that stuff. I mean, people were terrified. And he says, I don't plan on seeing any of them. And the guy goes, what? 
and he didn't he basically looked at the picture some part of him he didn't know consciously what it was you don't have to know consciously to clear but subconsciously uh, just basically said I'm sorry please forgive me I love you and within I think three months all of them were out of chains within six months he did not talk to them this is how powerful energy is and how interconnected we are mm -hmm. six months I think all were off meds except for one or two and then eventually everyone was free Wow so it's an incredibly powerful story so that's a great and um, how many how much time we've got a couple, of, couple I, and believe me the first time you do it um, I I reversed uh, skin cancer on one of my cheeks in 20 hours um, by doing it and I've used it a lot for other things but um, I wasn't really great when I started I basically kind of went I'm sorry oh I'm sorry but it is her fault <laughs> or okay okay I'll let me start over I'm sorry oh, God, can't believe I'm doing this okay I'm sorry <laughs> but I was right so in other words it might take a little practice to get to that deep sincere place and you'll know because almost tears will come up and you will feel that communion and that connection also, there's Dolores Cannon who recently crossed over. I trained with her. Uh, you can find it on my website. Oh, right. um, Quantum Healing Hypnosis Therapy. And it is very useful for phobias and um, to access higher self abilities as well as bringing in consciousness around agreements, contracts, past parallel lives, and lifetimes that triggered recurring traumas that you may not figure out or be able to heal so um, I took her training I have found it useful in many cases and like I said especially phobias that you can't track in this life or often how you quote died in a previous life wow. this is another way to do healings and then Anelia Benz is an ET human and she has two great exercises one called fear processing and firewall processing exercises and we don't have time to get into that but those are excellent she has them printed out free on her website for you and one of the most powerful my favorite simple I've seen it in action is Byron Katie's work it's called the work or for inquiries it's thework.com and her basic story really quick was if I have this right is alcoholic every possible thing uh, anger you know addiction everything her family finally put her in a, a rehab center um, she I believe was under the bed she noticed a spider and kind of like the Eckhart Tolle story she went into God consciousness and she came out with these four inquiries and they reverse everything it, they're so powerful and they're be briefly it won't mean a lot to you until you go through it but is it true can I really know that it's true what do I get when I hold that belief? Who or what would I be without that belief? And I watched a whole audience and this person volunteered and came up and she said, no, you don't get it. I really want to kill my husband. This is what he's done. This is what he's done. And if you're listening to that, even though you're shocked, you're going, she was quote, totally justified in some bizarre way. In 40 minutes by her taking, Byron taking her through that process with no judgment, where her own awareness arises she was healed wow. it is very profound and you can go on the work.com and she has a sheet called called the you know that you can uh, do yourself called instructions for doing the work it's very simple and these are called turnarounds and it completely turns around you take responsibility it completely turns around the whole thing so these are my favorite tools great and and did you want to show those last couple slides for your conclusion because um, they're sure, really cute sure all right I found this and I <laughs> loved it as an alien this is how I see your solar system so the first planet's a spa the second's a resort and earth is a zoo and they actually refer to us as a zoo planet originally we are the highest diversity with the more combination of species and plant life and everything. And then tennis court. Great. <laughs> That's, right. Parking garage, amusement park. Is that Jupiter? Yeah. Um, okay. Amusement park Saturn, because I, people don't know this, but the rings are being lined all the time. Right, right, right. And the gym in the fridge. 
and the freezer of Pluto. So I thought that was just really cute. And this was another one which I thought was very interesting because we've talked about Nordics are sometimes a, a Palladian group. And sometimes another group, and we have the Zetas locations here, and the Syrians and the reptilians, which we haven't gotten into, and the Dromedans. Uh, so that's kind of a fun little quick blurb. So this is how I'd like to end. It's time to make a choice to integrate polarities and ancestral wounds. You choose fear or love. What does integration and love look like? And this is a NASA picture. Is that like Lovely. beautiful? It's all love and so are we. And I don't know if you can see these pictures. These are people being approached by armed uh, guards and they're kissing them and hugging them oh. <laughs> and putting flowers down them. And the guards are just like hugging them back. Oh, wow. Okay. It's all love and so are we. This is another NASA picture. Flowering oh, cool. into a mature species as this new era is birthed into being. And Rumi wrote a poem, Earth is not a final place of rest for a bird born from the sea. No, we are pearls of that ocean. This is the time of union, the time of eternal beauty. The morning of happiness has dawned. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Happy voyaging. Thank you. And just as a reminder, on Marilee's website, supersoulsolutions.com, she will be posting the contact information for all the originators of the simple yet profound healing modalities that she mentioned tonight. Solutions to help you integrate faster and move into the future with confidence. She'll also be adding weekly the most current information that is relevant to know because now is the time and these next two years are pivotal. So thank you, Marilee, for oh, all three parts you. of the Earth Game Mastery. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, audience. And I hope to hear from you and help in any way I can. And thank you for being here. Yes, indeed. Thanks for everybody being here, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.